When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everyone. This is Rafael Hernandez, and you are listening to the 117 Podcast. So, guys, at last we had a quiet week for Barcelona. I just have no words how hard this has turned into. After over a year of chaos, we finally had just a quiet week when we, where we simply enjoyed our team playing PSG away and beating Wisca at home. It was really a blessing. At last, we we had some peace and quiet. So today I'll be talking about politics, our honorable loss against PSG and the win against Wisca. So first of all, I'm sure that you've seen the rumors, but it's simply not true that Laporta won't be able to become Barcelona president. The media is already misleading everyone as they usually do, but it, it is not true. Because Laporta needs to actually have an economical guarantee when he takes over as Barcelona president. It's part of the club's statutes. So he has to offer a guarantee of over 125 million euros. And he has done it so he will take over as Barcelona president in the common days. So absolutely no worries. I saw lots of people comment to my to my DMs and asking me about it, but no worries, guys. He is going to take over calmly. So, aside from this, we also had another pseudo-controversy in the coming week. I say pseudo because it wasn't really anything. Jaume Hiro was one of the candidates to be part of Bar Barcelona's board under Laporta, and he resigned from the, from the board without actually being part of the board so yeah there's there's a lot of optics to this too but basically he he said that he wasn't going to be part of Laporta's board because he had a lot of commitments in London and he's a big businessman so it's understandable and of course the part of the media like Mundo Deportivo made a meal out of it but it's nothing to to be worried about Laporta has lots of people qualified with him Even if one of them leaves, he's definitely going to find some in, someone else. And he already has another important person in the pipeline to, to become part of his board. So it's not really an issue. And we all know that, of course, the focus has to be sporting, the sporting side of things. And we have Matteo Alemani's experience. You, we are likely going to get Johan uh, Jordi Cruyff in the... In the coming weeks, so absolutely nothing to worry about. And this is what I meant when I said we had a quiet week. There was no big controversies, only an attempt by the media to actually 
try to make it seem like Laporta doesn't have things under control, but it's just expected of them. It's not a worry. Don't. Uh, it's not nothing to to worry about really. <laughs> and that's all, guys. I'm I'm just really relieved that we had a quiet week. I just cannot say this enough because every week it seemed like Barcelona always began with some kind of problem, be it uh, a loss in the league or some kind of political problem. And we don't have any right now. It's a blessing. And I think this will be the the usual flow of things under Laporta. He He's not a controversial president. He, he works quietly. And it's reassuring really because Barcelona is a football club you know in the end we don't want to talk about politics really and I'm sure I'm not alone on that when I say it and aside from this of course Laporta already has some rumored signings apparently Koeman wants Memphis Depay instead of Aguero this summer but we really don't know if if uh, Koeman will be here in the in the next season. It's too soon for that. And honestly, Eric Garcia is definitely coming. That's absolutely certain. But I don't think that Laporta is going to simply agree to give him the wages that Bartomeu had agreed to. In case you don't know, Eric Garcia would actually have a progressive kind of wages at Barcelona. So he would start earning 3 million in his first year. 5 million in his second year and 8 million in his third years and the fourth and the fifth year of his contract. So basically this is absolutely ridiculous guys because Ruben Diaz, who one of the one of the best signings of the season, he is earning 6 million per per year. Van Dijk at at Liverpool actually earned 9 million per year. So why are we why did Bartomeu try to sign uh, under 20 center back and give him this the wages of a of a super center back of a world class center back yeah that's just usual business for Bartomeu but it's something that Laporta will definitely not agree so yeah aside from the of from the money side of things Eric Garcia is a really good center back of that I have no doubt and those that follow me on social media know that I really rated him. I was upset when he left Manchester City, but at the same time, I was relieved that Guardiola was going to take care of him. So he he turned out to be to be solid, but uh, under Pep. But he hasn't played enough. I have to be honest. And imagine us. Uh, imagine Barcelona signing. Uh, a centre-back that doesn't have even one season of top-level football under his belt as a starter or Playing, playing consistently and then paying him 8 million a year is absolutely wrong. So yeah, Eric will be uh, an important player for us in the upcoming season. He's very smart. He he's a slow center back. I'm sure that you you heard that from many many people that he's slow, he's useless, but it's not the case. You don't have to be quick to be a great center back and he's really he's really intelligent. So that absolutely does not worry me. He has a lot of potential to become a fantastic centre-back. So yeah, yeah, he is a top solid signing. And of course, we have the Sergio Aguero rumors. Aguero's contract with Manchester City is in his in final months. So 
he would come for free. He apparently, as rumors say, would actually accept to to take a pay cut to join the club. So yeah, without a pay cut, he's definitely not coming. And he would actually take um, sign a two-year contract. I think it would be fair because Aguero actually only scored a single goal in the in the Premier League for the past 14 months. But this is only because of his injuries. So you have that problem too. Maybe. Maybe if uh, if he signs a one-year contract with an option for the second one, it would be better. But it's the kind of signing that would make sense in the short term when Barcelona really needs uh, uh, informed forwards, center forward. So aside from this, of course, I'm sure everyone's seen too the Haaland rumors. We we have we have had the reliable Oriol Domenech saying on radio that Laporta's main target is Haaland. And of course, it's a dream come true because I really believe that Haaland will be the the next big player of the, the next 10 years. I, I think he will be better than Mbappe, at least in my opinion. And honestly, if Barcelona signed this guy, it, it would be really God's gift to from Laporta because... We, we were in trouble the first time he took over. He brought us Ronaldinho and we know how things turn out. Of course, Haaland is a different player. He's more, he's a complete center forward. So, But even so, when we see every single match that Barcelona loses, uh, misses lots of clear chances because there's no natural finisher aside from Messi in the team. So yeah, Haaland would be absolutely fantastic for us. In terms of economical possibilities of signing Haaland that's where we have a big problem we know that Barca is in really is in real trouble when it comes to its finances so signing him would would have to would need a lot of financial engineering so that's something that we cannot overlook but maybe Laporta could pull this off I really hope that he does because I really adore the guy really really wants to see Erling Braud Haaland at Barca so that's it from the politics and signing parts. I want to talk a little bit about the the loss the, the the draw versus PSG because honestly it was Barcelona's best European performance in a long time. I would say that if Dembele doesn't miss those clear chances Barcelona were going through. Uh, Messi's penalty miss was really a shame. Really wish he had he had converted that penalty because if he did, I think that PSG would would have crumbled. And honestly, the more I, I look at PSG, the more I think it was a missed a missed opportunity because their form in France is awful. They they lost like twice in a row at home, and Lily Lily is the is the team currently leading. Uh, the league in France so it was really a big missed opportunity and of course you had the the missed penalties by Lenglet too uh, sorry the 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 penalties that Lenglet caused so he has become uh, a big liability for Barca and Honestly, when Lingley signed, signed, I was absolutely certain that he was going to be a success. And he was at the beginning, but he hasn't been so reliable since. He's been a real disappointment. Maybe it's it's just mental. It's more of a mental problem than an ability problem. But 
if Lenglet doesn't make half as many mistakes and as he did in the two legs against PSG, maybe we would have gone through it. But overall, I, I don't think that we can really complain about the our match against PSG uh, in Paris because it was very composed. PSG was really on the ropes for most of the match. They were really nervous and we needed this. We needed this more than actually going through against PSG, I think. And, you know, a respectable knockout from a, from the Champions League. We really needed that after so many bad results. And finally, to cap things off, let's talk about the win against Wiska. And once again, Messi was absolutely incredible. The guy is on fire, and both both of his long-range goals were ridiculous. It's it's hard to believe he he's actually now. He was always one of the players with the with the best accuracy outside the box since he actually made his debut his debut in 2004. But what he's doing recently, what he did at the end of the last season too. It's been incredible and it's really good to see Messi smiling again. He's finally happy. And if Messi is happy, it likely means that he stays. It's always the, the priority. More than winning the, the league or winning the Champions League, it's having Messi happy and staying with us. Because Messi stays, we have a bigger chance of winning all trophies. But that goes without saying, right? So, aside from this, I would say that Koeman's recent attempts at using three at the back have been excellent. I have my, my difference. Uh, I, he's actually a coach that I don't rate, but he is getting things right. Three at the back is working wonders. And for a thing that was cons constantly crumbling all the time, it wasn't, it wasn't the case. It's not the case anymore. So... Yeah, of course, we still have some defensive lapses. It still worries me, and I think that the defense is the biggest obstacle between Barcelona winning the league or not. But things are really getting better, and I have to give credit where it's due. Absolutely, I'm not going to take that from Koeman. And I really think that Barca can win the league. I was really pessimistic at the beginning of the season, at times, I, I was actually worried that if we were we were actually going to the Champions League next season because it was that bad. But things are falling into place, and yeah, we can win it. And what the only only doubt that I really have, aside from the defense, is Real Madrid because it's us or them. I am confident of it. Atletico Madrid is already bottling it. It's what they do, really. And if you look back at the the league title that they take, they take, they they took from us in 2014. Let, let us not forget that Messi scored a completely legal goal, and Mateo Lajos did his thing and actually cancelled the goal. So yeah, it's uh, it, they're actually a very weak uh, team mentally, and it's the pressure is finally getting to them. Simeone. He's doing a good job, but I don't think that he was the coach that he he is now, if you know what I mean. I think that he he has kind of stalled at the at Atletico Madrid because some sometimes he he tries to attack, but other times he he reverts to his old ways and simply defends and hope for that one chance to win. 
And I really think that he should stuck to that, but you can't do that against Granada or Alaves. So he gets in trouble when Atleti has to attack more, even with Suarez there. So yeah, absolutely, I think we can win the league. So I had my doubts against Mingueza too, but he's getting better and he was rewarded by scoring his first goal for the club. And it's interesting that... Mingueza and Elias Moriba both scored their first goal for the club after a messy pass. So yeah, it's it's a it's the best blessing that we can that we can have. And of course, we if we are talking about young young players, you I have to mention Pedri. He ha, he is 18 years old, guys. 18 years old, and he is dominating the midfield for us. He's been absolutely incredible. Uh, so I saw some people saying that he wasn't very good against PSG, but I thought he was great, actually. He was composed. And this guy, he will be a part of our midfield for the next 10 years. I'm absolutely thrilled to to watch him. It's it's the kind of player that actually makes you turn on, on the TV because his technique, his maturity for his age, he's ridiculous. And the, the sky's the limit for him. He actually... People people think that the comparisons are unfair, but they, they're really not. He actually reminds me of a young Iniesta. Iniesta at Pedri's age, of course, he wasn't playing as consistently as Pedri, but he was still doing things that it wasn't normal for his age, and he really stood out at the time. So yeah, Pedri is even more precautious, and the, uh, Pedri is simply God's gift to Barca. It's, it's incredible how... Simply how how he does everything, really. And, of course, I had to mention this, but the penalty that was signaled against Barca was ridiculous. It's the kind of penalty that is never given with or without VAR. I have absolutely no idea why didn't the, the VAR actually gave the the referee on pitch a call kick this is definitely not a penalty completely invented but yeah it is what it is we know that the referee in Spain is really poor if not to say a disgrace and this is the kind of thing that Laporta will really have to work on I, I, I think it's the third podcast in a row that I say it but I have to keep saying it because it's really important Laporta will bring, will bring more institutional strength for Barcelona again in the in the league and the Spanish Federation, this is really this is really key for us if we are to succeed. And finally, I want to to comment uh, a few other subjects before I close this off. Well, I must say that I was absolutely delighted at Cristiano being knocked out by Porto last week. Absolutely amazing moments where when Sergio Oliveira actually scored that goal. I couldn't believe myself. And then Habio scored literally a minute later. And then I, I was scared again. I think it was the most nervous I've been on a match in over a year. I really wanted a knockout. And I'm sure that by, by my post on social media, you guys know that very well. I think most of us wanted, wanted him not only knocked out from the Champions League, but completely embarrassed. And it's really what we got. And it was great honestly <laughs> and now we have rumors that Cristiano is going to 
is going to return to Spain. Maybe Zidane actually left the door open. It would be really fun to actually see the guy leaving Real Madrid, going to Italy as if he's he's some kind of adventurer. He's going to a, a small club there to actually revolutionize them and win the Champions League. But then he fails and he, he returns to Spain with his tail between his legs. It would be fantastic, but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Florentino Perez isn't isn't actually going to do it. It doesn't make any sense to. And Cristiano, Cristiano's wages are really massive. And imagine that Real Madrid actually brought Cristiano. They still have the bail pro the bail problem, and many other financial problems too. Of course, Real Madrid aren't aren't in a in a bad situation as bad as as Barcelona. But they actually have to balance their books too. So it's not going to happen, but it's really funny to read. So, and of course, I want to talk about Eden Hazard's injuries, injuries too. I think the guy had eight or ten injuries since he signed with Real Madrid. And of course, people love to blame Meunier uh, that fouled him in that PSG match. But it's not, it's not the Belgian's fault. I think it's actually the other Belgian's fault. It's Hazard's fault, really. He he didn't take care of his body. He's a professional footballer. He's he's nearly 30 years old, so he's not taking care of himself, and his body is simply reacting to his poor choices that he made for his entire career. Is he going to become the worst signing of all time? Well, he's well on his way, but I think it's early to say. Let, let us see how how he recovers from surgery first. And of course, he's a fantastic footballer. He was incredible at Chelsea and I don't want him to perform well at Real Madrid. But we we need this kind of players at, in La Liga. We can't just leave off Messi. And I'm sure that Tebas would agree with me. So, guys, this is what you're getting from me today. Take care, my friends, and see you on social media. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.